spidey senses tingling. Legend moves down from the Chippewa down of the podcast host named Slim. This is the Paper Keg Podcast. He's the host. His name is Slim. This is episode 180. Hello. Wow. One of the best intros I've ever heard on this podcast in its history. I just, can I just say, Jonesy's at his peak right now. <laughs> I mean, my God. Peak intro condition. The Paper Cake Podcast is where three friends talk about comic books, and then we do a book club at the end of the show. We all read the same book, and we talk about it. Road to Perdition. And we will read your letters live to tape to close out the show. You want your opinion heard on the air with your name on the show. We might read it to close it out. Now, uh, you heard one other voice during that intro, intro phenom. He is a stallion of intros. He's a writer, obviously. You heard that. You heard that in action. Uh, he's a father of one. He's being worked to the bone right now during the Christmas season. Jonesy loves beer. Welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me. Although my body may be dying, my spirit is strong as ever. And I'm happy to be here and sing for you my version of The Wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. You know, it was a, it was a special moment for me in this show. Mm. Felt special. I appreciate that. Uh, one final host. He runs our marketing department. <laughs> Merch. Um, we have a, a shirt department. He runs that too. Remember those paper cake shirts we made recently? Huge success. That was that was all Dale. He ran the whole show. <laughs> I mean, maybe the maybe the idea of it, but I, I mean, to execute an execution is you know it's a team of people. Yeah. And we're uh, the uh, that uh, that same team is going to get to work on the uh, the show post department in the coming weeks, the show announcement post department. So don't you? <laughs> that, I think that department's been on vacation for the past two months. I don't know what kind of they're on some kind of siesta. I don't know if they live in Mexico where they just all go on vacation for two months. Show announcement peak season. Uh, I love those posts. But welcome back to the show, Dale underscore A. Feels great to be back. You know the. Uh, the four-day weekend has just been, you know, uh, a tonic. Yeah. Sounds great, guys. For the body and soul. <laughs> For the body and soul, I I mean, I, it's just a revelation, and I just can't wait to get back to work tomorrow and uh, get my kids off to school. I just want to point out that, Jonesy, I did not have a four-day weekend. I want Thank that abundantly God. clear that I'm on your side during this whole Three day, a three day weekend. Let's get the pitch three day weekend out, Slim. Three day weekend. That would have been nice too. Yeah, there we go. Even Steven. <laughs> uh, what a show! We got a big show. Road to Perdition is our book club this week. We'll we'll talk about that at the bottom of the hour, and before that, we'll talk about the books that we read this week, if we had any time at all. 
Maybe we didn't. Maybe we're going to talk about books that we just made up and say we read it. <laughs> Who knows? We'll just, we'll just say there's some indie comicsology submit title that, you know. It's called somebody... uh, Poop Office. That you went back to the Poop Office archives and you reread oh, issue man. number one. Issue five just did come out last week or the week before. So there is new Poop Office out there for you folks to be reading. You better be reading it. My word. I might just talk about it this week because... You mean number one? I had a four-day weekend this week with my kids <laughs> up my up my crawl. I saw on Instagram, hot over the wire, that you went with your kids to get a Christmas tree. Huge moment. Great, a lot of great Ooh. shots I saw today on Instagram when I fired that app. Yeah, I was. Uh, I was. I spent half my time trying to take some pictures, but I wanted to document the moment. You know, get it out there for people to see. Yeah, we. Uh, we uh, opened up the front door this morning, and it was gorgeous out. We said, "This we got to go. The tree's not even decorated, but it's in our house at least because we had to jump, seize the opportunity of the weather. You opened the door. The sun beamed in. Meanwhile, cut to Jonesy Loves Beer on his kitchen floor near death, working <laughs> 40-hour day, barely has, has the energy to breathe in air into his lungs, and you're out and about having right. a great day. I just it cut to them like clinking Starbucks coffees together, jump cut back to me like running on a moving belt, just trying to get it running right. so that people can get their you know iPhone cases for Christmas. Whip, whipped cream on our noses as we <laughs> Eskimo kiss each other. It's like the, um, the home movie that Barney made for the S- Springfield Film Festival where Barney is in the streets <laughs> r- you know, reciting that poem, you know, no one cares about me, who will cry for me. Who will cry for Jonesy Loves Beer? Well, and that's God, that's the real nobody. question. Doctor Scholes, when guys they stop buying their their everyday shoe, I'm, I'm everyday pretty sure the shoe. Rockport Shoe Company will collapse after I'm dead. Oh boy, something to look forward to. But we need to get into. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> Jonesy oh, is coughing gosh. like someone's grandmother right now. That is a grandmother cough that has been smoking for forty years. Listen, I'm listening. I have nothing to say. We need to get into the books that we read this week. Jonesy loves beer. You probably had, you know, you probably took some sanity breaks in your car this week where you just no. run run to the you car. Are, and, you're not kidding. And uh, in your sanity breaks this week, what did you read? Uh, now, there's two books I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm going to gauge whether you two read any of them. Did you, you, did you read Odyssey or Superior Iron Man 2 uh, this week at all, gentlemen? Negative. I so didn't read either of those. The, yet. All right. So I'll talk about. Uh, I don't want to. Right. Exactly. So Matt Fraction's baby, Odyssey, is the uh, story of Homer's Odyssey, uh, except it's gender bended and set in a galaxy far, far away. Let me just state before I give my review that I love Matt Fraction. Oh, jeez. Okay. But this is this is one of the hardest books to read and understand that I've come across in a long time. And I'm afraid people are just going to tell me I don't get it or that, oh, it's gender bended. That must mean you're a, you're a J bag for not, uh, you know, getting with female leads. And that's not it. I love the fact that it's a female cast playing the roles uh, of the Odyssey and that there's a slave man that launched 40 spaceships, you know, like Helena Troy did in the actual legend like, I get it. It has all the earmarks of being something special. But besides the art, which reminded me a lot of Aeon Flux, 
like very fluid art and not distinct characters, which I really liked. I thought it was something totally off the beaten path that I think was very well matched with his story. But I tell you, it was so hard to get through his description. It was one of those books where he just states things as a point of fact. You know, he's like 40, you know, 40 mind ships launched and, you know, he did a lot of like Warren Ellis where he came up with science terms off the top of his head and just stated it as something you should just know in your daily life. And it just, it didn't track for me. And and that's a shame because every other part about this book should be something that I love. And it was just very hard for me to, to get through. And I can just hear the Don Garvey's of the world now saying that I just, I don't get, I'm too young. I don't get it. You know, my what? generation won't get it. You're not even really that young. That's the horrifying part about it. I'm young-ish. <laughs> You're young. It is a very tiny little piece of your heart that's still young and hasn't been worn down or I think that's Jonesy's pacemaker. Worked over. <laughs> Maybe that's why. Maybe that's the youngest, youngest part of him still pulsating. Were you, now, were, were you excited about this? This this kind of review reminds me of your multiversity diatribe where you, you knew you were going to use that book as TP in the <laughs> No, squatter. not at all. I saw Fraction. I saw Image Number 1. Uh, I was super excited. And then five pages in, I was like, I have made a terrible mistake. Hmm. And yeah. you know what? I, I, can, I can sit here and say that it's, this is for an audience. Like there's there's the and I, I don't I don't want to say who they are because people I know that read comics will enjoy this book because it's so mind bending and so kind of I don't know slave to its quirks. Hmm. But um, it just was I did not expect this of Matt Fraction. And if he's trying to get out of his comfort zone, like hats off to him. You know I really do admire that. But uh, this book is just not for me. There you have it. The old Jonesy, it's not for me, uh, book quote on the back of the book wrapper. I mean, I was I was pretty much pedaling backwards since <laughs> 6 o'clock, so. There's a lot You're, of good buzz about the book, but it's not a book that I think I'd seek out in general. Like the kind of space trippy world building. I had to be in the right mood to read those kind of books, I think. But it wasn't even that world building. It was just very, you know what it was like? It was like he was writing the poem of the Odyssey. It was very like um like linguistic. And how I mean that is they're the main characters for instead of Odysseus is Odyssea. And every time she gets introduced, she gets introduced as a different title, like the blood letter Odyssea, Captain Odyssea, like there's different ways she's described every time she's in a page and introduced. And that strikes me as very poetic and very artistic, but it doesn't make for a whole lot of understanding for me to get the message that he's trying to put out. That was well said, but one question, when will you stop hating women? Your thoughts. <laughs> See, here we go. After here all, go. yeah, I mean, bottom line. Jesus. Didn't like Matt Fraction's to. new book with a female lead slash must be a misogynistic bastard. Oh, took the words right out of my mouth. I, I, I have to, I, that, that might be a book that I read when... You know, there's multiple issues out, and I'll sit down and read the trade. Probably the first trade. When you're trade. defending yourself as house feminist, and I need, I'm always. Like, defending. I bet you don't even get this book, Nimididi. I, I'm, I, Jensen, I won't apologize for, for wanting equal rights. 
That's just something I'll oh, never man. apologize to you for. Jonesy, you God, it stinks like BS in here. What about the Batman uh, Gotham by Midnight? Did you read that book yet, Jonesy? It's not going to be I, the book I want to talk about. But I uh, I have downloaded it, but I have not got a chance oh, to read it. Oh, my. A lot of buzz. <laughs> a lot of buzz on that one. It knocked me over. That's all I can say about that book. The wings off a bee. There's so much buzz. I will say, and I'm going to talk about another book. Maybe it's going to be my lightning round because I went back to read it. Spoilers. It's Fell. Fell is my lightning round. Okay. Spoilers. If you enjoyed Fell in any capacity, you are going to J in your shorts for Batman Gotham at midnight or by midnight, whatever it's called. Glad I picked it up then. Glad I picked it up. Jeez, now I have to buy it. Man. And I, and Temple Smith is apparently on there for the long haul, too. He's not like a three-issue-and-done artist. I saw an interview blurb where he's in it to win it. He must need some more three-piece suits to wear at Comic-Con. <laughs> he's in it to him. win it for six the six-issue arc. And then... <laughs> uh, now, let's go into the House of Ideas. Marvel Comics, they're called. Uh, yeah. One of Dale's top two publishers of all time next to the goon um i went and read uh, to the archives the superior piece of of crap superior foes of spider-man number one i downloaded the trade i wanted to see what the buzz was about unfortunately it's the buzz that it's canceled but the buzz was really positive before that and the superior foes is this hapless ragtag band of losers that are Spider-Man's villains. The Shocker, Boomerang, uh, the Speedster, maybe? I can't remember what that guy's name is. But <laughs> Sounds made up. Super made up. <laughs> it might actually be Speedster, though. So these are characters that I actually... One of my earliest memories of Spider-Man books is I had a trade paperback of... I think it was like Revenge of the Sinister Six... And it was like Shocker and all them fighting Spider-Man. It had a Joe Mad cover, but I don't think he did the interiors. It was a big trick. And that's, that was my first memory, I think, of getting tricked into buying a book for its cover and getting not that same artist inside. So this series is Nick Spencer and Steve Lieber. And it's a hilarious, um, almost like situational comedy of just what happens with these characters when they're in the same room and they're trying to plan things and trying to get out of jail and being annoyed at spider-man and i loved it i thought it was great i i i think this was one of those reverse hype books where everyone talked about superior foes of spider-man even though it didn't have mass market appeal i guess to not get canceled but the internet hype machine was really thick on superior foes and just from the first issue alone it was totally backed up i thought it was hilarious actually dale have you ever read it because this seemed this would be like your book i think no, it's actually one of those things where it was it just completely flew under my radar too and and then when I heard the buzz about it, it was like mid halfway through the run and I was just like now I'm not going to go back. Maybe I'll, I I'm tempted to get the uh, trades though and check them out. I heard really good things. I think uh, at least one friend of the show Matt Moore, I believe, really enjoyed the book. If and and others as well. But it's got that quirkiness that's the new, you know, the new age. Mm-hmm. New age hip. House of Ideas. Almost new age like this uh, remix that Gen Z is playing. I don't know why he chose the remix over the original for some uh, reason. Right? Let's probably listen to this all day just to get through the day. It's Sunday work day. It's 
called being in a different mental state. The uh, I think there actually was just a superior <laughs> foe's sale, and I think that's what reminded me of this of the title. Oh, Steve Weaver is a great artist sale, too. Huh? His 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 style fits in just right because there's a lot of comedic timing in the way the characters' faces react to things on screen, <laughs> and it's just very well done. So it's got, so it has nothing to do with Superior Spider-Man. It's just called the Superior Foes of Spider-Man. Yeah, I think it happened at the time where Superior was when Ock was Spider-Man, but mm-hmm. it, he wasn't. I don't even think he was really in the first issue at all. It's just the the villains okay. trying to make ends meet. Dale underscore. What else was read this week? I read going back, and I haven't done this for quite quite a many months at this point. Going to the archives, but I had to go back to one of my super awesome favorite titles, Astro City. And the most recent issue is issue number 17. Just came out uh, a week or two ago. And the title of this one shot is Sorrow's Giving. Mm -hmm. So it's very applicable to the time of year. And the... Uh, the story is about this alien being who is among a race of beings who, and this is all Busiek, Busiek world building, like all in one issue, but he and his race live on this microscopic planet in this microscopic universe that's just below Earth or whatever planet Astro City takes place on, or the Earth equivalent, and... They harvest this almost, uh, it's their version of wheat, I guess it would be, and and people crave it. Everybody craves it. Alien races crave it. They they don't do anything else, this planet, but harvest this stuff and trade it for goods and whatnot. And uh, ever since 1991, in the um, Astro City Hall of Justice, around Thanksgiving time of year, a... Um, a portion of red cake, they call it, the heroes call it, show up. It just shows up um, on the table, and it's because it's it, it arrives microscopically, but the scanners, the burglar alarms don't pick it up. It just shows up one day, and these heroes, you know, they scan it for any sort of danger, and then they just started eating it, but that's not the point. Like, they love it, and they're grateful that it shows up, but uh, this this being shows up after all these years to finally confess why he's been putting this cake on their table for so long and it's basically that in not so direct way he got one of the members killed back in 1991 his uh stormhawk stormhawk was the hero's name and what this race of harvesters do is dream and they can dream basically the future and he dreamt that this uh tyrant Krigari Iron Hand basically was starting to just conquer everything in his path. He came from nothing and now he's pretty much unstoppable. So he influenced Krigari under a guise of some sort of druid or prophet to basically influence uh, Krigari to say these these heroes in Astro City 
they will be your ultimate demise, basically trying to convince Krigari to set his sights on a, a, on a different path so he wouldn't put this, this harvesting planet in his path of destruction. And ultimately what that does is cause Stormhawk to lose his life and he confesses all this uh, to the heroes of Astro City and and they just say, you're forgiven. Like, I, you want to be sentenced, you want to be put to the, um, you know, put to our justice system, but if you would have just come and asked for help at any rate, at any point, we would have helped you. And that's what Stormhawk would want, and that's what, that's definitely what you, you know, you have. So just be, be peaceful, be safe, be happy that this Krigari was defeated by us. And, but, you know, this Stormhawk lost his life, but they're like, Stormhawk would have definitely wanted it that way. We know him well enough, blah, blah, blah. But it was a really sweet issue, one shot. Uh, I can't recommend this series enough. I, I'm actually, I, there's like 10 I haven't read, but I'm back on with this book. And it's just, it's such a treat every month to read the ideas behind Busick's writing in this book. Beautiful. Kurt Busick, folks. Ugh. So this is from the current Astro City and not the the original series or the original run? Yeah, this is from the current run. And I just said I'd, I'm going back to it because I hadn't I haven't talked about it, Asher City, and probably since issue one or two. So how do you make like I don't know if I'd be able to do it, but how do you make the decision to read the current issue and not the ones that you missed? Like, what's the thought process for me? I probably wouldn't touch anything until I started in order. But that's just uh, maybe my own nerdy quirk. No, it, that's actually <laughs> believe it or not, it's a reason why I haven't gone back to read. I haven't read any new issues yet because I stopped reading so long ago, but you know, it's Sunday paper keg needs to be recorded Four day. There's weekend. an issue downloaded onto my iPad. <laughs> Things are going to happen. I'm just going to choose an issue to read. I mean, it sounds like you're describing like a night out and then you come upon some woman, you know, things, drinks are had and things are going to happen. There's an issue of Astro city on my iPad. I, took, I just took a chance, you know, I didn't know any of the backstory. I wasn't fully protected going in, but the, I mean the parallels in life are are astounding. <laughs> I took that last swig and just entered, you know, entered and uh, I'm time of my life now. I'm back on, <laughs> back on. I'm going to go back though. I might, uh, I might for the next two or three or four episodes of Paper Keg talk only about Asher City because I'm going back to catch up on the current run at least. Listen, I'm fine with that because if you do that, I'm only going to talk about the Swamp Thing issues that I've been reading for the past few weeks. So, I mean, my book choosing Man. is done for the next couple of weeks. At least we're laying it out there. I mean, we we read a lot for the show, but sometimes we just need to feed ourselves right. and treat ourselves to, to an entire run of something. Yeah, maybe I don't want to read eight new releases. Maybe I just want to talk about the Swamp Thing that I like to read or I seek out it when I lay in bed where I'm on the train and people are talking on the quiet car and I have to get up and I have to tell them that they're on the quiet car Ooh, and I just man. sit back and read my Swamp Thing. Yeah, that's what has to happen. Do you do it real snotty? Do you do, you, do, you do it like in a form of a question? No. Like, I actually had the, the I first time it ever happened. Did you was the quiet car? The, it was last week and they were chatting it up and I heard them through my headphones. I heard were the you, woman talking. Were you looking around for somebody else? Like, maybe somebody else will take care of this before I have to? Is that what you were yeah, doing? Yeah, I was. And then usually when that happens, there's like a 
there's an unsettling in the car where the people that know it's the choir car are looking around and be like, you believe this, Jay off in the choir car? And they're like chuckling at each other, like laughing. And, and there's like people that are getting like itchy. They're like maybe sitting up a little bit or they peek their head up like really annoyed. Like, do you see me <laughs> peeking my head up at you and I'm looking at you while you talk? So eventually I got tired and I, I walked over to them and I touched her shoulder and I said, uh, just want to let you know you're actually on the quiet car. And then I sat back down. I felt pretty good and, about myself. And did they apologize to you? They didn't even know what the hell was happening. I'm not right. even sure if she even so got fast. it. She probably didn't even know what a quiet car was even after I told her. I should have just said, you can't talk on this train, you dummy. <laughs> she probably <laughs> went to go uh, say, I'm sorry, and Slim put his finger up to her lips. <laughs> just so she couldn't even say the words, I'm sorry. Just to stop yeah. talking. <laughs> we need to get in the lighting round. We're running out of tape. I'm super excited about being in bed before 1 a.m. Now, the 2 a.m. window is, is out of reach, so <laughs> we could be passing it moving. at 1 a.m. Let's keep Move it moving. It on. Let's keep Lightning it moving. round, two sentences or less. Another book you read, Jonesy Loves Beer. <laughs> I read this week the Superior Iron Man number two. Tony Stark is obviously not himself, and Daredevil is out to stop him. The best way to stop a blind man, you say? Have him see the light? Fell number one, Warren Ellis and Ben Temple Smith. If you enjoy comic books in any way, you need to read Fell now. Now. Mm. Top five comic books of all time, Fell. Lightning agree about the world building in that book. Dungeons and Dragons, issue number two. By Jim Zub. Impressed. <laughs> Did Josie just fall asleep? The, what is happening? I, I know. I, I was just. I was gonna. Pers- I was gonna push through. <laughs> I'm good. I'm sorry. The face. I, I. I apologize. Somebody I'm screenshot sorry. that. Tell, tell, I, tell it, it, I I couldn't. I had to actually ask if he was really sleeping before I could act on a it screenshot. It has been such a long week for me, guys. I apologize. I am with you, Jim Zub. <laughs> give it to me. D and D number two. Okay. Um, <laughs> the the assembly of your archetypal party continues to grow in issue two of Dungeons and Dragons, though. I'm not really all that turned on by one of the main characters in this book. It's sort of annoying and uh, reminds me of a dungeon master that has quirks that people would worship because of his looniness and quirkiness. Will Wheaton? Is it Will Wheaton? (laughs) Will Wheaton? Lightning. You don't have to. You don't have to answer that. We we can infer. It's fine. Lightning could be. Maybe. Ugh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Will Wheaton. Road to Perdition. Maybe you didn't realize this was a comic book before the smash, amazing movie directed by Sam Mendes starring Tom Hanks. But it was a graphic novel before it was a movie. Jonesy, please take us away. 
The road to perdition is a long and storied road. Uh, Michael O'Sullivan, number one hitter for the Irish Mafia, the Looney family. You know, they have ties to Capone, to uh, Needy, Nitty, Needy. Are we convinced it's Needy? Nitty? I thought it was Nitty. 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 So uh, he's like the number one bad A MFer in the mob. He's a hitman. And he has a, but, you know, he's an ex World War I uh, soldier who comes home from the war uh, and decides to take up with the mafia as a soldier. That's all he knows. He's the, he's the perfect soldier. Uh, but he separates that part from his personal life and he raises a, you know, a family with two boys. And uh, one day, his older son, Mike Jr., decides to tag along to see what daddy does. And it's that one moment that kind of shatters this life on the edge that Michael O'Sullivan is uh, living. Uh, His son witnesses a hit, and Connor Looney, who is the the son of the mafia boss who's also kind of unhinged, uh, decides that because his son saw this, they're going to get rid of uh, Michael O'Sullivan, who's also referred to as the angel of death, the archangel of death in this uh, mafia scenario. So they send Michael, the archangel, to another rival crime boss uh, to as a warning. And he has a note that reads... You know, kill the archangel and all sins will will be forgiven. So he's been set up because his son has seen this previous hit. He goes home. His family has been killed. Uh, The older son was fortunately at at a sleepover slash practice scenario. So he didn't get caught. But the younger son and his wife are dead. Mm -hmm. And uh, Michael O'Sullivan says, you know, I have work to do, but eventually we're going to end up in Perdition, Kansas and you're going to stay with your mother's uh, brother and sister. So that's how we get the title, Road to Perdition. So the Archangel wages a one-man war against not only the Looney crime family, but the Nitties and the Capones and any other crime family connected so that they'll be so fatigued that they'll give up Looney's son to him so that he can get his revenge. And the road to perdition is this this winding tale of revenge, but also, <coughs> excuse me, this atypical analysis of fatherhood and the relationship between a a man and his firstborn, set to the backdrop of some of the most harrowing and violent crimes uh, that were fact checked and committed at this period in American history. Uh, eventually, um, the Archangel makes hiding Looney so expensive that they give him up. They actually give uh, the Archangel his revenge. He takes it, but when he finally drops off, when he finally gets to perdition, uh, the loving family, the home that he had made for his son, is destroyed. And he himself is finally gets his comeuppance, if you will, for all the death that he has caused because 
of his life he's led, and his son must uh, run away with his money and his uh, his beliefs, and one day writes about his father. Spoilers. And what we have is uh, what's that? Spoilers. Spoilers. That he runs. That he runs away. <laughs> he runs away. Spoilers. No, the whole last fi- the whole last five minutes. <laughs> yeah, just don't listen to my review slash. Oh synopsis. shush! Stop it. Don't, don't, go down that, don't go down Already that road it. to perdition, Jonesy. Don't go down <laughs> <it>. <laughs> Troll perdition? Troll dition? Troll, <laughs> troll, troll dition. Now, I actually had never read the book until this week, but I had seen the movie years back. Same. So this was my first introduction to the source material for the movie. And actually, it's actually weird. When I first saw the movie, I was absolutely in love with it and for whatever reason i just realized this week that i hadn't seen it probably since i saw it the first time and i have vague recollections and reading this book actually started to make me remember things about the movie compared to the book and uh, i was telling that to dale the other night most notably about paul newman's character who played the father um uh is it looney or mooney i don't know why looney looney Looney. played the father of looney and I guess, you know, it's going to be hard to separate the movie from the book, but there was instances in the movie that they were able to flesh out more, such as the relationship between Sullivan and Looney as a father figure, as and and Sullivan was kind of a surrogate son. But the um, I, I enjoyed the graphic novel, but in the back of my head, there was just always deeper storytelling that the movie had that the book didn't have. I don't know. I I don't I don't think you've seen the movie so maybe that won't hit you as hard. Yeah, that didn't yeah, I've never seen the movie so I, you know, it was always on my list as, as something to see. I always knew it was based on a graphic novel, but I just never uh made an attempt to see it and the I I thought the, you know, the story and the pacing in the graphic novel was was great because it was it wasn't super heavy. It was almost more of like kind of like I don't want to say an action movie, but it kind of was, and you know, a, a familial action type movie. And there was just enough storyline there. The that he was, you know, the the lead enforcer for the Looney Gang. That you know, that's there's enough loyalty there baked in. You know, he, obviously he, be, he he becomes lead enforcer because he's so loyal to his family and. In the graphic novel, the you know his uh, Mike Junior says that he was always a hard working. He was a he was always a hard working soldier. You know, to going to work. He never, you know, in the beginning he didn't know what he did for a living. But when he figured it out, he even said he was just, and um, he was just so loyal to the Looney family that it just that was enough of story to keep me hooked. Now, not knowing anything about the movie and what you you made it you made the movie sound really really cool but it's probably something that's better left to the visual medium anyway hmm. like the, reading the reading this story the way it was it might have been just perfect this way uh you know cuz the only way i could picture something like that being done is just through flashbacks in in the story and stuff that would just make this book get larger but maybe not as gripping or entertaining because it's entertaining more than anything i saw 
the film in the theaters when it came out. And like you, Slim, I don't think I've seen it since. Uh, so I had forgotten a majority about the film when I read this. And only after reading that I finally put it together was like, I do remember like a road trip movie with Tom Hanks. And I thought it was a weird role for Tom to play, this kind of hard-as-nails hitman. I mean, he's definitely a different character than he is in the books. Or in the book. That's like, that's that what I thought, too, when Slim told me. I just couldn't pick... I, I can't picture Tom Hanks being that character. I thought he was he would have been somebody else in the movie because I knew Tom Hanks was in it, but... Well, Tom Hanks is, is able to perfectly illustrate the father figure side of Michael O'Sullivan, especially as the reluctant son of Looney because he kind of sees the Connor as the other, the other son is kind of like a, a disappointment. And Michael is the kind of adopted son, the son that Looney always wish he had. Mm-hmm. And then to be like this perfect Irish Catholic father to Michael and his younger brother, like that's where Tom Hanks like fits in my mind. So in the movie, was it clear that this was Connor's doing and not Father Looney? Um, I remember the the murdered was definitely not the murder of the family. I think was not his deal, not but I remember. Sanctioned. Yeah, I remember him being. I remember there specifically being a scene where I think Paul Newman like laid into the Looney son about him. Mm-hmm. Uh, putting the call out to kill the family like he was really PO'd and he like beat up the kid a lot and was screaming oh. and yelling and Junzi well, you mentioned Tom Hanks being odd casting but Daniel Craig played the loony son yeah and he James was, a, Bond he was is great this, yeah the squirrely he was really good annoying dud of a son was played by Daniel Craig and I just remember the casting this movie being so great and I well this this is the Bond connection because Sam Mendes did Skyfall I mean, so this is where the two, like, met. This is the birthplace, the impetus of Skyfall here in Road Tradition. <laughs> this um, is where Skyfall started, officially. <laughs> and also, the uh, I think I alluded, uh, Dale and I were talking last night, as we were pounding back ciders, orchard ciders. And I started yeah. to talk about the Jude Law character, but he wasn't finished the comic, so I kind of stopped. But the Jude, Jude Law, Law character was not in... Uh, well, the, he there was the character that ended up killing Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. We're just calling the actors' names in the comic books, but calling the, Tom Hanks, Michael O'Sullivan. Uh, Michael O'Sullivan was killed by a other another hitman, and that character was Jude Law in the movies. But I I do believe that the movie played up the hunt for O'Sullivan uh, in the movie more. So Jude Law, that yeah. hitman character, was kind of chasing him throughout the film. And when he did finally get to him, it was like gut-wrenching in the film because you didn't want to see oh. this other Hitman character succeed. No, and they, they portray the Hitman as being a psychopath. Like he... Yeah, like a crazy, he takes photos of, at crime scenes and oh, like he's, he's perverted. Like it's like... He's definitely the... He's not the main antagonist, but like you have a a rock in your stomach when you think he's getting close to Tom. Oh yeah. God, I got to watch this movie again. I actually remember vaguely having thoughts about the last, one of the final scenes in the movie just being spectacularly done. And it might be the shootout scene. You know, if only this podcast did an offshoot where we did comic book movies (laughs) and if only be a perfect (laughs) venue. 
if only I actually did plan us to do the Birds of Perdition movie at the same time, but then plans plans changed and we ended up not doing it. But yeah, but the, it, uh, it was on our it was on the it was it was Google double t- We were planning to release Birds of Perdition the same week we did this book, but for whatever reason, it just didn't. Uh, the dots did not connect. The one thing I want to talk about is the artwork in the comic book. The mixture of styles that I kind of saw in the book shifted a lot. I saw like. Um, Howard Chaikin plus mm-hmm. uh, Malieve plus Brandon Peterson in the style of this art, just kind of everywhere. It was a just weird mixture of styles that just fit into this book. Yeah, the and it was so it was so noticeable because I think I read the this book took four years to do, hmm. but just in the first chapter alone, the first chapter is so starkly different from the others. The first chapter is more or less all Howard Chaikin, if you could picture that. And then, starting immediately at the second chapter, it's not like it happened in between chapters or anything. It almost like went to a more... I, now, uh, forgive me for saying I don't want to say a more lazy style, but it's almost like for after the first chapter, like a Game Boy printer <laughs> printed out the pages Sorry, to no, this I book. Sorry, I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> because, like... Whereas the first chapter, every face was drawn, hand drawn. The second, from the second chapter on, there are faces that are like printed out with a dot matrix printer, like the lines just focusing on the shadows of the of the face. I mean, it looks like a face, but it's clearly printed with straight, super straight lines. Man, the only thing I can think of now is uh, that. Adding machine paper roll on the top of Game Boy, where you yeah. print out selfies <laughs> yes, for the first exactly. time. But I mean, but the style worked. I mean, for this, I I got the uh, I don't know if it's any in a bigger size than what I got. It's like a little digest size of the book. But I mean, it just seemed everything seemed to work. The black and white and the art in it, it's, it was pretty great. And everything, it's just so different from one person. And I guess that's what what happens when you go over the course of four years to take to to do the thing and i'm not sure if that's just road to perdition volume one or if that's all the volumes combined took four years i wish i knew that fact but i don't well i think there are other volumes that uh, go deeper into the scenes in the story like there are other road to perdition trades that are out and they have like the subtitles and they I guess I think the last one follows the son as he's under a different name now. He, I guess he went into hiding maybe or became a hitman himself and went to Vietnam. But I'd be interested to see oh, what wow. those books are like. Actually, sounds really cool. Uh, uh, the um, it just snuck, kind of snuck up on me. I knew I was getting to the end of the book and I wasn't quite sure what was going to happen. But it just seemed like the end was very abrupt. Like the last five pages, the story completely turns heel and it's over like the you know O'Sullivan obviously I don't think it was going to end well for O'Sullivan but before the before the last five pages of the book he finally gets to kill Connor Looney and then he just dies trying to drop his son off to his to son's aunt and uncles like his brother-in-law's house it was just seemed very weird because he you know he placed a call to see if there were any Mobster still parked out in front of uh, aunt and uncle's house. There wasn't. They arrive. Hitman, who had killed the aunt and uncle and kills Michael O'Sullivan. It was just. It seemed to end really quickly. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that death and Connor's death were like super fast. There wasn't a whole lot of almost revenge for what Connor did to the family. Mm-hmm. Like it was it was kind of a quick death. I mean, it th- that whole build up led to like two pages maybe yeah. of the revenge. And the build up I mean the build up was very satisfying. Like what he did through the loonies and the and the uh, Capone mafia families just to flush out connor it was it was wonderful then it's just like he even makes reference to it he's like i'm i shot you in the knee but now i just have to kill you because i can't and it was it was weird still that it was just two pages and oh and over with that connor's dead how about every time capone was mentioned they just put up this like stock photo of al capone almost <laughs> yeah like an artistic stock photo i thought that was strange <laughs> Yeah, it was weird. Like it, 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 it kind of worked. Like every time they mentioned Capone, they would just put up this face of him that never changed. It was like a photo in the in the story. It was so strange, but it for whatever reason it worked. And I just like chuckled to myself every time they mentioned him, and his face just showed up in a panel out of nowhere. I guess there's no taking liberties with Al Capone's face because it's just such a recognizable face that it's just like <laughs> let's just throw it. Let's get the Game Boy to print out the panel. It remind uh, it reminded me of the the aha video where it's like the lead singer is just done in pencils yeah in the freezer section and he jumps through beautiful rendition but I, yeah I, I liked road to perdition and it made me want to watch the movie more so maybe we can hopefully do road to perdition soon if maybe if not our next one but i think it definitely deserves uh, Better be careful. I'm three up. shakes from dropping dead, so we might want to. <laughs> oh my know. gosh! Well, finally, you could admit it. That's fine. That's the first step. Is <laughs> That's acceptance. The first step. Yes, that is the for the very first step in the program. So I'm glad we we finally made it. So we got to prioritize it's either Road to Perdition or the next Tom Cruise movie. So we'll, we better just decide. <sighs> Why don't we just record three shows next week? Oh my god. <laughs> To ensure that these get out before your timely, these untimely slash timely. No, death. it's it's going to be timely. Let's be real. Jeez, road to perdition. We got your letters. I'm gonna open them up. Farrington's gonna read them to you. That is Jonesy on the piano. We recorded that in his apartment one day. Letters at papercake.com. You shoot us a letter. We might read it on the era. I mean, let's be real. We're going to read it. Uh, Our first letter comes to us from Dear Friend, uh, a co-host that uh, ranked above me in popularity. Uh, You know, some people call him Dan. Some people call him the writer, but I will always know in my heart as... Penuch. And he says, my, oh my, have you gotten taller? It's been a while, and that's something people say after being apart a time, no? Though I have not written in a good bit, trust me when I say I have been along for the ride the entire time, and I have been enjoying every bit of the Grand Paper Keg Radio Syndicate Network. I'm sorry to wonder, however, what is more likely to come first, news from Inherited or a new episode of The Flap? Ooh. I am excited to hear what you fellows have to say about tonight's book club. That is not a book I've ever read or even have much familiarity with. On the flip side, I know 
all too well the movie as it is one of my favorites. Filled with fantastic performances and arguably one of the best-looking movies in the modern age of film, Road to Perdition is an instant classic. I think we would all agree with Panucci on that. Uh, because I think so highly of the film, I'm hesitant to read the book. That's funny, though, because the book came first. That got me thinking, have any of you guys ever come to a story by way of its adapted form first? Maybe an updated version of the same movie or TV show or even an adaptation across media and either been reluctant to seek out the source or thought less of the source than the version you found and enjoyed first. Keep up the fantastic work. Uh, at Panooch, that's P-E-N-N-O-C-H, great friend of the show, also hosts a podcast called the Comic Tango Podcast, where he and hacktivist Don Garvey <laughs> talk about uh, comic issues. That's at Don underscore Garvey, and the show is the Comic Tango Podcast, a wonderful pair of dudes. So have you ever came across something by way of its, ad- of its adapted form and have been hesitant to go back and find the source material? Hmm. I can't... The thing I can't I, think of something. I I, think the of thing it. I wanted to maybe say was Jaws because the movie is so special to me. Yeah, but you love the book. I did love the... Yeah, I did. I was hes- I, but I was hesitant at first. And Captain Quint is not that good in the book. Yeah, we but that was in that's all covered in the book jug episode. <laughs> plug, 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 plug. What about Halloween? Halloween's one of your other favorite movies. Was that novelized originally and that turned into a movie? The Halloween franchise? No, it was never novelized, but I can say I, I, I the first Halloween I've ever seen was Halloween H two O and then I went back <laughs> and watched the original. But I wasn't hesitant about that at all. I wanted to go back. Um, I There's not much I can think of. Everything that I loved, I've always wanted to check the source material out, I believe. You know, believe. really, uh, to jump on Panucci's exciting email, really exciting news that I want to bring up here, Panucci and I just became Runkeeper friends this oh, weekend. What? Wow. Are you got, oh, man. Yeah. That is... Huge. huge. I'm about to... I'm texting my mom right now. So she hears it from me. Congrats, uh, Panooch. I don't know. I mean, yeah. congrats, Slim, too. Big moment. Thank you. I appreciate that. I just imagine that scene where Rocky and Apollo Creed are on the beach, mm-hmm. and they're just racing each other. Yeah. And that's you and Dan just just run-keeping it together. Yeah, he's probably wearing that's an amazing like mesh cap unitard. that I'm jealous of, and we just Knee-high embrace. socks. <laughs> Always. Another rooster in the hen house. That's fine. Benzie and I are fine over here. Uh, you're the only one that said anything there, chum. Um, you, you can go back to being my best friend, Dale, if that's, you know. Absolutely. Slim's kicking you off of the Slim train. I'm still absolutely. here. Absolutely. I talked on the quiet car of Slim's heart and <laughs> ever since. Listen, uh, your run, listen, your run keeper has been dormant since our family vacation, you know? I got to seek yeah. out. When things get quiet, they get dull. I got to seek out new opportunities. I, while that's true. Praying for a reemergence. That's all I can do. That's true. You're right. You're right. Uh, next letter in hot off the wire. Uh, been a while. States the subject of the email from King of the Letter Writers at Dragonfro. 
Hey, fellas. Long time no right. Sorry to say I'm way behind on the show. Hashtag really big show and my reading. I've got no excuse, really. Just been tired a lot from the whole almost dying thing. Hashtag sadly not joking. Infections are serious business, kids. Also, hospital Wi-Fi is terrible. Garbage. Just glad to be home so I can catch up on all the wind column eps I've missed. At I'm happy to hear he's home. Yeah, uh, you know, I don't know how, how public that all was, but now it's super public to the folks who listen to Paper Keg. But we were all pulling for a dragon fro we hadn't heard from in a while. And then he tweeted us one day. He's like, I'm in the hospital, you putzes. Thanks for worrying about me. And we've been worried ever since about him. So it's glad to hear that he's home. And then he has a uh, P.S. here at the bottom of the letter. Quick fanfic. The end of the Age of Ultron teaser. No strings on me from Ultron. It says Ultron. Is that so? Because you look like nothing but strings to me. <laughs> Camera pans around to show Fassbender Magneto floating in the air. <laughs> he turns. Hello, children. Come to father. Boom. <laughs> so that's some Dragon Fro fanfic. I, I'm going to lobby... Uh, for more quick fan kick, uh, fanfic from letter writers, yeah, I think that's got to be a requirement to write a letter. You got to do a one paragraph fanfic at the end of each one, and also a listener lightning round as well. Yeah, why, why don't people do that more? I love listener round. Why don't people cater to my whims? Slowly, I guess <laughs> is the a question. Great question. <laughs> we might never know the answer to that. I mean, after you insulted Don Garvey podcast uh, Empire. Phenom. He's now the Nucky Thompson of podcasts. <laughs> the who? Mookie Thompson? Nucky Thompson. Mookie. You never saw Boardwalk Empire? I watched the first episode and realized that I never wanted to watch a show that was uh, set in the 20s or whatever era that was. It was the 20s. You got it right. Terrible. Even though it was my boy, Scorsese. My boy. I've heard you two are boys. You two are on Runkeeper together. We are. We're Runkeeper friends. Uh, He's like 80, but that's fine. Marty Scores is his... Uh, what do you call it? Handle. That's See, what people, my, la- my lack of technology knowledge kills another joke. <laughs> That's what people who think they could know him and be friends with him call him Marty Scores. <laughs> but he's really got an old AOL converted name. It's like Marty six two seven five one. What a probably show. probably looking for Jenny McCarthy picks in the mid nineties. <laughs> the Santa one specifically from Christmas. Uh, while listening to sound clips of the Prodigy on weird websites and say why the bell trivia chat rooms paper keg 181 right around the corner now this is perfect timing because jonesy (laughs) spread his butt cheeks all over odyssey so now we will go down that tunnel once more for casanova by matt fraction no pressure jonesy and we will be reading the first volume Next week, Genzi, I can't wait to see what you thought about the book. Or if I'm even still alive. One or the other is fine.
California. Big show. Great show. That was a great show. We're all going to be in bed before midnight. What are you guys feeling like right now? I feel like anything is possible. I'm going to NyQuil myself into a coma in about a half an hour. Is he kidding? Is he kidding? (laughs) He keeps bringing it up. Is he trying to tell us something? Uh, That's cool, though. Everybody have a a good Thanksgiving? Yeah, I had had a good uh, Thanksgiving. How was uh, the fourth host's birthday on Saturday? Uh, Very good. I saw a stunning Instagram of Dale... Like in the background of a Stella Artois cider <laughs> shot. Lucky me in there. And Dale's look of like stoic consternation. I uh, I was home alone, but I turned to say something to somebody who wasn't there. I was like, oh my God. You- oh. <laughs> Her birthday actually isn't until the second week of December, but this was uh, just a quiet gathering. I think there'll probably be something else later. Oh, your close real friends were invited. Close real friends that can make it out and make their schedules work, you know. It's fine. It's okay. It's okay. Was a, no uh, close personal friends are moving parents into their house. It's okay. Yeah. Close Was personal a, friends uh, wouldn't make excuses. Oh. Hey, oh. <laughs> we're all going to see each other in like two weeks anyway, aren't we? Yeah, we are. Yeah. Like next Saturday. Yes, we go. are. PK, well, it's something, you know, I shouldn't even say. Some it's, off, it's offline stuff. It's offline. You know, just Are we not friends. recording that day? Uh, have we not hashed it out? Isn't, um, I don't know. I don't I'm think not, we're recording no. that day, no. Kids. Know, know. Let's not record. Let's just be together. Listen, let's maybe take a month off from our old podcast recording. <laughs> Who knows? Let's just take, you know, take a little vacay, podcast vacay, right? Tap the brakes. Right? Let's just tap. Let's not, let's put it in park. No, not even park. Let's put it in neutral. We can coast through a month <laughs> on neutral. I mean, people right? have got to be sick of the paper keg uh, radio syndicate at this point. It's no. like seven shows a week. We're echo rifting over here. It's like hydroplaning. <laughs> yeah, but we keep them in separate feeds. So you can yeah. take on yeah, whatever you want to take on. You don't have to take on a master feed where we just pump pump it down your gullet. <laughs> gullet pump. Is Dale still with us? Dale, are you there? Dale's I'm just probably too depressed now. I'm, I'm looking. Caller? I'm looking at Slim, bringing that up. I'm reading his little placard. Does too many podcasts under the name Slim. I mean, it's all. You guys don't even have up, placards this week. He brought what it is up happening? on Saturday. <laughs> oh, it's not. I tapped the placard breaks. You know? <laughs> My placard always messes up. See, I click off. There it goes. You know, it's we need now, to. Maybe we should just do. We hole up one weekend. One, two, a Saturday, Sunday night, we record like four shows of Paper Keg. And then we could just relax for the next four weeks. Right? How long has that been stewing in your brain? It's just an idea. It's just an idea. Yeah. Idea that the world now knows about. So it's good. Air it <laughs> the all world. Out there. Bex Gordo just closed her laptop because she doesn't care about this conversation. Listen, it's people okay. people care about our health, Jonesy. I mean, look at you. you you're working 80-hour days, and you're coming home to record a podcast. That's not healthy. Mm-hmm. No, 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 you know. Right? I don't need to sleep. I'm good. Dale looks suicidal. Dale Watch 2014 is oh now gosh. on. What? Since when? <laughs> I've never felt better. I'm, I'm having fun Saturday night with uh, my friends. It's over. 
Shut it down. <laughs> Shut it all down. It's a great way to end the show, Slim. You really <laughs> tap of the brakes. You really effed up the vibe this week, my friend. Can I say that I uh, listened to that Blade episode? Yeah. And I was so impressed by you grabbing the audio, I actually texted you I, on I, your personal home phone I or was, cell phone. I did, was not expecting it. Jonesy physically texted me <laughs> saying how much he appreciated the audio being added to that show. It made me feel good about myself, if I can and, be honest. I mean, I don't really give out what you call compliments to people. Right. I don't believe in it. But I was so impressed that I had to to reach out that moment before it left me and Thank say you. something. You know, it's, I like how and I don't like giving you compliments there. specifically no. because I mean I feel like everybody's doing it. So mm-hmm. why me? But right. you know, kudos to you, sir. Thank you. I think it works pretty well having old stuff dropped in there. And you do that little mixing thing where it's like in the background <laughs> for a couple seconds beforehand, and then it takes over and then it fades right back out. I mean, it's got me jaying all over my Jaguar. <laughs> I mean, it's so good. It's the last time it ever happened. Because we're done now. <laughs>